Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in His gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Good morning. Uh, glad that we could join. Where did Joey go? There he is. My, I get have the gift of serving Downtown Hope as the lead pastor. To be honest, Joey made me do that, uh, made me say that. That was his last act as lead pastor. He said, I have to introduce myself in that way. Uh, but just, uh, just thankful for the Lord, just for what he will continue to do here at Downtown Hope. We just finished a series through the book of Joshua. And so we're uh, going to take a two-week hiatus from our next book. We're actually going to be in the book of the Revelation in the fall, so looking forward to that. So that'll be fun to all my daily writers. Uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, and so we're, we're taking a two-week time. Uh, it's called Hashtag Real Talk Connected. And so I want to read the synopsis as we jump in to our passage this morning. As a local church, we share a vision that we would be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ for the sake of our city and world. And over the last few months, our elder team and other leaders in our body have been asking the Lord and discussing what is the one area of transformation that Jesus wants to collectively do in us as a body for the remainder of 2022 and through 2023. And the word that we felt the Lord kept bringing to our attention was connected. The COVID-19 pandemic forged new rhythms in our lives, many positive, but one struggle that a challenge of being connected, one of the, but one struggle has been this challenge of being connected as a body. COVID in some ways has perpetuated in Downtown Hope our cultural struggle, specifically East Coast, with individualism and isolation. And while we see the Lord restoring relationships and forging deeper connections, there are many that are new in the mix. And some have been away and are just now returning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is recounting his ministry and love for the Thessalonian believers. In verse 8, he expresses his affection for them and his readiness to share his life with them, a desire for deeper connectivity. So our team's prayer is that this next season will be about the Lord connecting us deeper with one another and in Christ. This means us strengthening things like our community groups, our rhythms, sharing meals, redesigning this space for optimal connectivity with one another. So our prayer is that by the end of 2023, we are more deeply connected in Christ with one another than we've ever been. And so with that, I want to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'll read the first eight verses as we jump into this two-week series, Connected. I'll kick it off and enjoy. We'll cap it off next week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. It'll also be in the screen behind. It reads as follows. For you yourselves know, brothers that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, 
nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. This is the reading of God's Word. Let's pray. And now, Lord, would you arrest our hearts as we center our attention on Jesus? You do a work in us as we seek to rediscover what connectedness means in you. And in so doing, Lord, may we be a witness to the watching community. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 has been a a favorite passage of mine, if you will. It's kind of been the the go-to passage as it relates to community. The small bands of people that are centered on the focus, uh, centered on the gospel and sharing life together. And that's what community is, right? Like if we talk about community, community is a bunch of people getting together, sharing life together. And so as a local church, we want to continue to create opportunities to connect into the context of community so we can feel better connected. And so we are committing to provide those opportunities. So if you remember a few weeks ago, we had a family meal, a family meeting. This is where we got together, shared a meal, gave updates with the hope that we would connect. And then yesterday, if you had an opportunity to come out to Quiet Waters, we had a church picnic. Uh, and, And there, yes. Um, he threw me up. And at the picnic, another opportunity for us to connect together. And that's great. So we want to continue to cultivate that. We, we have community groups, and these are environments for us to connect in. But not just what we provide for you, you opportunities to connect, right? Serving together creates opportunities for us to connect. And then, and then uh, just affinity, things that shared interests, those that play golf, those that go fishing. There's, these affinity groups are opportunities for us connect, to connect. But here's what I know. You can do all of those things. You can attend every church meeting, every family meal, every picnic, attend community group faithfully, and still not feel connected. You can do all these things and yet still feel disconnected. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I believe Paul gives us the secret to true connectivity. Did you see it when we read in verse 8? Paul says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, we loved you to the believers at Thessalonica. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share. So I think that there's this secret sauce of love that is necessary. So I want to suggest to you that in order to grow in our sense of connectedness, we need to grow in our love for one another. So I was reading this passage, like, man, we got to learn how to love one another in deep ways. Talk about connectedness. Connectedness is sharing. Connectedness is transparency, authenticity. That's what God is calling us to do here as a gathered body of believers that call Downtown Hope their home church. So I need you to do me a favor. Everybody, look to your left. Quick, 
left. At the person, not just at the left. Look at the person on your left. Everybody just looked at the wall. I was like, whoa, that's not supposed to happen. Now look at the person on your right. Now, now look at the person behind you, in front of you. Friends, we are called, if we want to experience connectivity, the Scripture is calling us to grow in our love for one another. Scripture is calling us to share life, to be transparent, to be authentic. Again, everyone wants community, right? Everybody's looking to belong, to fit in. And as we look around the various people, different walks of life, different journeys that bring us today, why in the world would we be willing to do that? I love what Paul says. Because you had become very dear to us. Friend, that's my prayer. That's our prayer as a local church, that the people in this room, that the people in this city would become dear to hearts. And it's possible. And that's what happened in my life. I look at the relationship Joey and I have is unique. I didn't know this brother four years ago. If you would have told me the name Joey Thomas only, I didn't know who he was. But look at what God has done. Two people that didn't know each other came together to serve Jesus. And the reason why we're able to do even what we did today is because we've become dear to one another. Friends, if you want connectivity, you've got to open your heart to other people. Because, I mean, think about it. I can't, usually when I uh, enter into ministry, I like to know a bunch of people so I can feel some level of comfort. When we came to Downtown Hope, I knew one person, John Sims. I knew no one else. And so inside, I'm wondering, is this going to work? I had friends looking from the outside. Wait, you don't know him? How do you know you guys are even going to mess together in ministry? You know how? Because God has done such a work in our lives that we become very dear to one another. So as you read this passage of sharing, the sharing that Paul speaks of is sandwiched between two Synonymous terms for love, affectionately desired towards you because you had become very dear to us. May this be true of us as a church family. May we be fueled to love. May everything we do be sandwiched between our love for one another. And do you see how Paul, the metaphor he uses to speak about love? He says, as a nursing mother. And so I had to ask forgiveness beforehand at the first Gavin, I'll ask it now. I've never been a nursing mom. So if I say something that might be wrong, who's, a, who's ever been a nursing mom? Forgive me. All right. But the image of a nursing mom, we were gentle among you. Now, I may not have been a nursing mom, but I, I would imagine that a nursing mom has to conform her life to meet the needs of her baby. Is that true? Every nursing mom, if it's true, say amen. amen. Praise God. I'm on to something here. Right, so you conform in your life to meet the needs of her baby. A nursing mom must pattern her life around the life of the newborn, meaning the things I once did, the priorities I once had, it now changes. I reorient myself and must pattern my life around the life of the newborn. And that's, that's difficult, isn't it? Because it's staying up late, waking up early. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's tough, but she is delighted to do so. Moms, isn't that the case? You are delighted to do so, and I would imagine it's because you deeply love your child. 
Friends, that's the opportunity that is set before us today. That we can reorient the patterns of our life to plug into community, to connect. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be inconvenient. But there's an incredible opportunity for us to experience and give love. So Downtown Hope as a family, we need to, we need to step up our game. So, so the people you looked around, so, so see if the Lord might create space. And here's my suggestion. You may have to pick up the phone and call someone. Because the easy thing to do is text, right? And although texting, you might be connected technologically, we're not really connected. And so that means you might have to pick up the phone, call, and say hello. If you want to experience greater connectivity, if we want to experience we got to visit folks. And not only in visiting folks, you got to open your home and allow folks to come in. And, and they got to see it all. Because I think sometimes we tend to guard ourselves from other people because we only want them to see the good part, right? Right? We only want you to come in. Like, I remember growing up, my mom and dad, folks are coming over, and we always had to clean the house. Clean the house. How dare they see a dirty house? So we cleaned the house. And, and my mom and dad got slick. Com- company's coming over, so we got to clean the house, and no one would show up. That's how they got us to clean the house. <laughs> right? But, we, we don't want, but, but if we want true connectivity, we got to let people see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as we do that, the level of connectedness, I believe, will grow. We were at a pastor's retreat with the Time t- Times 12 Network. Mark McGeever is here, and Mike, Mike, Michael Crawford talked about just when you get into proximity with people, when you get friends, who has good friends? One of the things, you just, some friends just have bad breath, right? Amen, somebody, right? Just, 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 just funky, right? It's, that's just the nature of friendship. So even with the funkiness, I'm willing to love you because something has happened. But I think we want to guard ourselves. And when we guard ourselves, we actually never will experience connectivity. So that's it, right? Go and love one another. Great sermon, go home, everybody do it, right? It's easy, right? Go love. And it's like, cool, got it. Thank you, David, Mr. Obvious. Thank you for doing that. Hmm. But we know it's not that easy, right? It's not just easy just to meet someone you don't know or, or you're new to a church family. It's not, not that easy to connect in. So the closer we get to people, we realize that connectedness is often hard. So here's what I like to suggest. Our affection for each other must be motivated, motivated by Christ's affection for us. We got to recognize what God has done in Christ and let that motivate our affections for one another. Paul talks about the nursing mom. The same terminology is used of God in relationship to his people in the Hebrew Scriptures. For example, in Isaiah, the Scripture says, as one whom mother comforts God's promise, I will comfort you. Friends, that's the gospel. That's the good news. And it's simple. God loves you. If you hear nothing else this morning, please remind yourself that God loves you. One of the things the enemy wants to do as it relates to connectivity and community, he wants to tear down the new family that God is creating. I had an opportunity to talk to one of my mentors early this week, and he was share, I was sharing with him about the role I was stepping into. He had pastored for many years. And I just asked, you know, what helped you? And he's old, so he said, brother, 
There's that deep, good voice. The love of God. He said, don't forget God's love. And he literally begins to weep. I see, he says, I don't know why he loves me, but he does. Friends, you might be here wondering, are you loved by God? Hear me loud and clear. You are deeply loved by God. If we don't rest in that truth, we will seek love from other things, from other people, and that will destroy us. Because deep down on the inside, we're searching. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. And if we don't realize that God is pouring out his love in Christ Jesus, we're going to pursue other lovers. We're going to find an addiction. We're going to find a habit. And even then, we'll still be left wanting. He told me, always be amazed that God saved him. He said he couldn't get over that. And so, friends, I want to remind you, you are more loved by God than you'll ever know. You are more loved by the creator of the universe than you'll ever know, and there is nothing you can do to get him to love you more. And to the extent that you realize how much he loves you, will you be willing to share that love with others? That that's how we experience connectedness. And friends, here's the good news. The gospel frees you to be loved by God and to be loved by others. Think about it. You're free to be loved by God. And you're free to be loved by others. Because think about it. We live in a system where to be loved, you have to produce. Right? You got to do things. And as you do things, if you do them well, you will be accepted. And if you don't do them well, you may not say you're not feeling love, but that's what it's going to feel like. When you hear a no, when you are rejected, when you're pursuing something and it doesn't happen, you've produced, you produce, and still it doesn't feel like it's enough. You may not admit it, but it's going to feel like I've been doing and doing, I'm producing, and still I'm not loved. It gets tiring, doesn't it? Trying to do, do, do. And what's the story of Scripture? God loves you as you. That you don't do stuff to earn his love. No need to perform to earn his love. I was thinking about it. The people I love deeply, I think about my dad, right? I didn't have to do anything. I was just born. Love. Think about my wife. By an act of God, Mary, love. Think about my daughter. When she was born, she didn't have to do anything. She just popped out, love. Yeah, she popped out. Friends, you don't have to do anything. Here's what we know. You see, Jesus on the cross, he gave up his connectedness to God the Father, didn't he? What does he cry out on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus gave up his connectedness to the Father so that we could be connected to God through the greatest demonstration of love ever seen. Friends, that's the gospel. We now find connectivity to God because Jesus disconnected himself. That's the extent of God's love for you. That's the extent of God's love for me. And Jesus said it best, just as I have loved you, so love one another. 
First John, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And so, friends, our love for one another is fueled by his love for us. I can't get over that. I can't get over that the creator of the universe loves us. And so I want to invite you to give space in your life to experience and reflect on God's love. I was talking to Will Parker earlier. That you, you, you read Scripture. You read the first part of Thessalonians. You read John chapter 13. That's the mark that we belong to Jesus. Of all the, the mark that we belong to God's kingdom. He could have said, to the extent that you memorize Scripture. He could have said, to the extent that you attend church. To the extent that you give offerings. No, what does he say? To the extent that you love one another. That's how people will know that you belong to him. That's what an opportunity that is set before us. That we ought to give space to experience and reflect on God's love. I mean, that's the story of Scripture, isn't it? God's love story. And so friends ask, what have you been through? God loves you. What, what have you done that is so vile that you think you cannot be loved? God loves you. I want to invite our team up as we close out this morning. What haven't you done? What are the regrets in life that you've left? Friends, God loves you. And to the extent that we experience and are overwhelmed by his love, may that love be shared deeply with one another. <clears throat> As we, uh, tr you know, kind of change roles, and I was thinking about, you know, stepping into this lead pastor role. Why, why would I do that, right? The burden, it's funny, at the first gathering, someone was walking away. They said, now there's a target. <laughs> I was like, Amen. <laughs> But why be willing? Why, why do we serve you? Same thing that Paul said. Why is David Bempong standing here today to serve you as lead pastor? Because over the past three years since we came here in January 2019, downtown hope has become very dear to my heart. I don't know all of you. I may know few of you, but that's my prayer. God, as we step in this season, would you open my heart that I might give space to folks to love me and for me to love them back. If each of us embarks on this journey, what a testimony to this city that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. And as we pray, I just want to give you a few moments just to be reminded of God's love. Maybe the Lord will bring scriptures to your remembrance. But if there's nothing to remember, just hear me clearly. In Jesus, faith in him, you will experience the radical love of God. And now, Father, I commit those gathered, whether here in person, those online, that we would once again just have a greater sense of your love. And may your love so transform us that we would affectionately desire one another, that we're willing to share, and that the, it's rooted in what Christ has done in our hearts. And as we look 
to the left, to the right, as we look back, look forward, may we see people who have become very dear to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.